so I am here talking with John Todd. Uh, John is from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he's got a men's group we want to talk about. And I guess uh, broadly put, we're sort of discussing, exploring, and healing in the realm of masculinity. So welcome. Hey. Nice to talk to you. Um, so you, what you call, you, it's called, it's a men's discussion group. You call it a men's group, just kind of keep it sort of open in terms of how you describe your group, I suppose? So far, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I'm curious, I, I really want to know more about that, but I'm just curious first about how you think about masculinity as a overall thing. Well, <clears throat> it seems to me like masculinity exists on a spectrum. And one of the things I've observed is that different people express masculinity in different ways. Um, does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, what is it about being a man in this time in this culture that calls for um, for gathering and working on issues together? You know. Boy, that's a good question. Um, I have seen this phenomena or um, trend happening all over the place. Um, I have a theory. Um, I started this with one friend basically to have a, a venue to talk about things that were relatable specifically to men. Um, I don't know how much of that you want me to go into. Yeah, I, I want to hear a lot more about it. Like, you know, you, you sort of were very general about gender, but I think there there must be something in it that you want to get at that um, about people who are socialized as men or to become men, I suppose, that is unique and that needs to be addressed, you know. Well, just we can come back to this, but one thing I recognize, and I'm learning to be very deliberate in my language about is that you don't have to be a man or born male to express masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, that might seem really obvious to some people, but it, it's, it's not obvious to everyone. For some people, masculinity is like a, a character they're playing. Maybe they were mm -hmm. taught that when they were little, and maybe that's how they what they thought they should be based on literature or television. You know, we all learn who we're supposed to be from TV, right? Right. <laughs> um, so let's see. A friend of mine and I <clears throat> were doing a, a book club kind of together f uh, four or five years ago. And I read and then suggest to him, and we ended up reading together, a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it was one of probably a billion self-help books. Um, but the basic thrust of it was that a lot of men have created a role in their lives which resembles their mother, and then they kind of put every woman in their life into that role. And this is a problem. And this is, this is the cause of a variety of 
of weird symptoms that bother people and cause problems in their lives. And men need to figure out, A, how to stop treating women like their mothers, and B, more importantly, figure out how to do emotional heavy lifting with one another because it's a skill group that men have been robbed of. Mm -hmm. um, we treat our boy children way, way different from how we treat our girl children. Um, I think this is less true nowadays, but when I was a kid, boys were taught, you know, basically don't express yourself, don't have feelings. Um, and even more so, don't share those with other people because that's weakness. Um, yeah. Tell me more about how you think um, people, men treat their women in their lives as their mothers, like expecting them to mother them, or they, they see the traits that their mother had and they project that onto people, other women. Boy, that could be true. And I've certainly like caught myself seeing aspects of qualities I admire in my mother in the type of women that I've partnered with. And that's really easy. We could make a whole book of Freudian jokes about that probably right. for everyone. Um, no, it's, it's, it's different from that. It's um, before I'd ever heard the term emotional labor, um, I started thinking about this thing and I think emotional labor fits the bill. Like men expect because of their training, because of their cultural conditioning, the women in their lives to do emotional labor in a variety of areas in their life because they're accustomed to their mother doing that thing for them. Mm -hmm. The thing, thing that I noticed is groups of people I'm general. I'm going to generalize here, but groups of people who are raised as women have cultural availability of one another. They can get together in groups and have an ease in comparing notes, expressing themselves, feeling heard, problem solving, that sort of stuff. And it's, it's an arena that men have been forbidden to enter. We are supposed to be on our own, doing everything ourselves, good at everything, uh, jack of all trades. Um, the, the, the myth of the rugged individualistic American male who can fix everything and build everything and hunt and earn a living and pay for everything um, says, don't ask for help. Don't, don't appear weak in front of each other. Don't talk about your problems. Don't be upset. Don't have feelings in front of each other. And I just thought, well, that seems that seems absurd that women are allowed to be real in front of each other and men can't. I want to break this. So we started this initially with a group of guys. I called everybody I knew who was free on Wednesdays. We did it every Wednesday. We would just either go for a skate or a bike ride or a walk or when it was cold, sit in the living room and talk. And we made every every Wednesday an opportunity to have, and this is the way I stated it, the a conversation in um, a very specific safe container where men can talk about issues that that affect their lives, 
um, their experiences and things that are unique to being a man. And since then, I've kind of kicked even that door open and said, you know, I think eventually we should be taking this tool out and, and having it be um, not just a man's, not just a masculine space, not just a man only space. We haven't gotten to that point yet because um, I think we're still learning a lot, even though we're a few years deep into this. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so what happened is it seems like I invited some really extraordinary people and each of them brought different tools. Um, I also discovered Brene Brown at the time and we started digging into the value of appearing vulnerable in front of one another, the value of expressing fully, um, of stating really clearly the things that you're afraid of, um, the things you're worried about and just doing absolutely the opposite of our masculine cultural training in front of each other and building that container to where people can feel safe to talk about anything. And it was interesting. It took months to get just to that first point where that sort of conversation level could happen. And when it did, it was like that co-elevation thing where like, Oh, I see you doing that. I want to do that too. And all of a sudden, I mean, we had tears and hugs and, like the the empathy level in the room went up 500 percent and that became wow. kind of the standard like we started setting rules like okay so if you come to this group the thing you could talk about whatever you want but please if you could have a conversation on a bar stool at a tavern with a complete stranger about the topic don't have that conversation here that's available at the bar stool at the tavern don't tell me how much work sucks. Don't tell me how tired you are. Don't tell, you know, let's talk about what's real. Like, let's like, we came up with a phrase, which is what's the last thing you want, you really want to talk about? Like, what's the, uh. you <laughs> that's what we should probably be talking about. Right. Right. Um, so it's been remarkable. Um, it's taken a lot of work. Um, bringing new people into the group is always weird because a new person finds this this circle of extremely vulnerable empathic men a little intimidating because they've never run into that before mm -hmm. and bringing a new person into the group also breaks the container of intimacy that's already been created in that group and now there's an outsider so there's always kind of like a it's almost like a tribal uh what's the right word like uh like a grace period is this person mm -hmm. going to keep showing up? Are they going to show up as fully as we are? Can we inspire them to join us at this level? Um, does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I was wondering about how you could make an invitation like that to people. Were you relatively certain that the men that you invited are were sort of ready to be more vulnerable and to talk more honestly, or was it just a sort of winging it and see if it, see who gravitated toward it? Well, it, admittedly, the, I handpicked the first group of people from the people who I already knew could show up for that level of conversation. Okay. Going forward, it was more like, um, and I've kind of developed an elevator speech around it. It was like, hey, um, I'm involved in the men's group 
and here's the sorts of things that we talk about. It's it's very vulnerable. It's very um, empathic. It's an opportunity to speak and to be heard. Um, nobody is going to step up and say, hey, I know the solution to your problem because we're not here to fix things. We're just here to to grow and learn from each other and kind of share, maybe share some of our experiences in our toolbox. Um, how does that sound? And I would say about eight to 10 out of pe people that I was brave enough to have that conversation with have said, no, that's, that's, that, that's probably not for me. But the ones, it's, it's, it's so weird. The ones, people either take a step back because that's a really uncomfortable idea or they take a step closer because they're excited by the idea. Um, and I don't want anybody there who doesn't want to be there. In fact, we've had a, a rule since the first meeting is if you don't want to be here, if you need to be doing something else and you've mistakenly prioritized this and your head is somewhere else, go do the something else. Like, don't feel like you have to be here. If you've got other things that on your mind, if you've got other things going on and you can't show up fully, don't take a break, go do the other thing, whatever the other thing is. Mm -hmm. So no pressure, you know. Nice. So how does this help the world at large? What 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 gets better when men can learn to do this? Well, I have experienced this megaphone that we all have pointed at, at the world called Facebook, where we rant about social issues that are very important to us in an effort to yell at 10,000 or a million people at once. I don't think issues of equality or understanding or rights or privileges or any, any sort of growth or gain or improvement in our perspective is going to be had with a megaphone. I think it's going to be had one conversation at a time with individuals. And that's a slow way to grow, but I really believe like if I talk to one person and influence that person, the next 10 people they talk to are going to be influenced. And it, it, it's not, it's not effective. Like it's not uh, it's not broadly effective, but I'm not, I'm not McDonald's. You know, I'm not, I don't need to know customers. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make an impact on, a small group of people and the interesting thing is the people who have moved away have had experiences in men's group in, in different cities because they exist everywhere there are dozens in, in most major cities um, and these guys are showing up for these men's groups and people are ready for like a complete green bean to show up and they show up with like incredible tool sets and vulnerability and they're like holy shit you're already somebody already trained you come on in <laughs> and there's also there's a national program or international program called the mankind project project you may have heard of them yes I'd love, i'm curious to hear about them they've been around since the 60s i've been tiptoeing on the edges of them and i don't want to say anything negative about them because i really haven't attended their meetings um, but I think they're kind of up to the same thing, but um, they have some really good stuff and then they have some stuff that makes me really uncomfortable. Um, they do things like they use a talking stick. Are you familiar with that practice? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's something I'm very used to, like in pagan circles and other types of situations where you want to give people the floor and and really actively listen. Well, the thing, the other thing that that I have heard, and this is anecdotal, I haven't attended one, is they they have problems with rank and leadership and history and who's in charge and who's running things and who's going to plan what, who's going to listen to who, and it's like this kind of gross male competition dynamic energy. Mm. That's the part that I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want to deal with that. Like, Okay. Is the talking stick a problem? Is that what you're getting at? Or? No, the I'm curious. It's a great piece. Like, oh, oh, okay. I like those. Yeah, that's why I was wondering. Who's holding the stick? That's whose turn it is. Shut, everybody else, shut up. You'll get a turn in a minute. You know? Okay. It's hard when you have a group of people. I think you have, if you have eight people or more, it's really hard to maintain order enough to, to not interrupt each other. Yeah. So as you grow, um, how are you thinking about incorporating other genders? Um, you know, are you thinking about people who were socialized male that no longer identifies male or non-binary folks? Or how are you sort of thinking about that? Our criteria so far has been anyone who is interested in seeing what happens in a men's group would be welcome to come and sit in and participate. Hmm. That's cool. That's and we cool. have had a woman come twice. Mm -hmm. Nice. And there's a um, other woman who just expressed interest. And it's funny because she said, I want to come and see. And she's like, oh, crap, I really shouldn't. I can't be there, can I? And I'm like, we've had guests. For sure you could come. Does it change the dynamic of what's going to happen there? Yes, of course, a little bit. But it's also an extraordinary group of people. Mm -hmm. They'll laugh about it, and then they'll go about their business. They're probably <laughs> in, in the conversation. So, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's something that I would be curious about in terms of um, having a place to express the parts of me that are masculine without um without feeling um as if it were a joke or not really not recognized or something you know there's a lot of sort of uh well people don't really understand non-binary or gender fluidity very well yet it's we're getting there but it's we're we're, we're at the beginnings of understanding it you know mm -hmm. so i would be curious to know what that space would feel like so that's that's cool I think you should. Um, I, I would bet that any men's group, men's group worth its snot would, would make room for you. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. I was, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm sure everyone's different, but it's something to, to yeah. think about. I take that back. Um, there are some men's groups that might not. Um, sure. I had to have this disclaimer a few times. There are uh, men's rights activist groups. That was going to be my next question. And they are not the same as last. <laughs> right, right. So that's my that's my next question. Like I was going to say that some people would just automatically be wary when they hear there's a men's group because when when there's a gathering of like what people consider like the dominant a dominant figure in culture. Like if it's like white men just getting together, what is that what is that going to be? What's going to happen, you know, or something like that, you know. So uh, obviously, yeah, I'm aware that there are the men's rights organizations and the incels and 
people like that. And so what, I guess my question is, what, what do you think they are emphasizing about being a man and how, I, I obviously know it's different than what you're doing, but I'm curious to hear what you tell people about the, that kind of. Well, that's hard to say. From the outside, I can see defensiveness and insecurity. It, the, the incel groups are an interesting mirror. Um, I can see from, uh, from a place of fear and insecurity and discomfort um, why they do what they do. Um, it's really challenging for me to make, make, make fun of them because I, I, I kind of feel sorry for them. Uh, right. And they are most, they're often engaged in how to, how to quote unquote get women or how to uh, dominate women or things like that, right? I mean, you might know more than I do even about. Honestly, it's a weird internet and that's really my, almost my only engagement with incels or, or, or basically groups that I think are reinforcing white male privilege. Okay. Um, I had a friend right. who's sort of going that direction. Um, saying he was going to swear off of women in relationships. He had a good year of hardship and anger in relationships. And he was like, no more. I'm not dating anymore. I'm out. I'm just going to be a monk. And I don't know if that was related to the incel movement or if he was just moping. Um, Sometimes that, that could just sound like temporary pain, you know, but, yeah. but you never know what it turns into, I guess. He bitched for about six or seven months, and then he met somebody, and they've been fine. So, I, I, you know what? It sucks to be alone, and it sucks to be mistreated in relationships. And... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think you, I, I, I get your point, though, that I think that groups like that are reinforcing what they think, what they've been taught they're supposed to be, as opposed to breaking that down, which sounds almost like opposite of what you're I think our group is also not all white and it's somewhat queer. So mm -hmm. that's good. And yeah, I wasn't making an assumption about that. I was just saying that um, it could be an assumption that's made about what a men's group is from the outside without knowing anything, you know? Yeah. So that's very cool. Um, so if someone wants to organize something like this in their town, I mean, would, you, would you say just look for them in the cities where they are or just sort of reach out to friends or what, what's your advice about that? Well, in bigger cities, I've seen that there, there are a lot of uh, meetup groups around this. Um, the, the Mankind Project exists in every major city. Um, you know, I still haven't taken the dive to go and get to know them. I probably should. Uh, I had one of their members come and a friend of mine who's a, a Mankind Project guy come and stay in our, come and come to our group. And he was, he was really impressed with what we were working on. And he said, you know, we have like a core textbook that we work out of. It's been, was developed again and again and again since the sixties you guys are just doing this on your own. Like you're literally coming up with the same kind of stuff that's in my textbook and you're doing it on your own. 
And I said, well, you know, I mean, if you get a group of men together, they're probably going to do the same thing a hundred times. You have the same complaints and the same insecurities and the same doubts and the same fears and things are going to tend in particular directions. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm, I don't know. The biggest problem for me with our group is my, uh, I have some imposter syndrome around leading anything. Yeah. And I, I try not to be like, I don't want a cult of personality around this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to its credit, when I've gone on vacation or left or been unavailable, they still have group meetings. So. That's good. <laughs> I understand that, that kind of fear, for sure. Um, anything else you want to offer as resources or things that people can check out or on their journey? Not really. Um, I guess, you know, there's a number of things. Um, the original book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, was helpful just because the one thing it underscored was Form, learn to form better connections with the men in your life that you already know as a, like a, a, a baseline for how to become more emotionally available with other men, how to become more vulnerable, how to um, do your own emotional heavy lifting. Um, the works of Brene Brown, absolutely phenomenal stuff in in anywhere you want to butter your toast with that one she's astonishing it fits in business school relationships of all all levels um and is this the person who did the ted talk about vulnerability is that who we're thinking of okay that's what i thought i wasn't sure too and it's interesting you don't have to read all her books Mm -hmm. if you read her latest book it's just the refined version of her theory that she started 19 years ago and each one is like, hey, here's vulnerability in this corner of my life. And this is like a, at this point, 48-year-old Texas Catholic mom who came up with this stuff. I don't know if you've read any of her stuff. No, I just, I'm aware of her, but I'm just, yeah, someone I should learn more, more about also. The TED Talk is good. The books are like, holy shit, this applies to so many places in my life. Like one of those aha moments. Um, mm-hmm. She's big on teaching empathy and she's big, uh, like one of the things she said is like, learn how to problem solve from someone you disagree with, you know, shit like that. Like Mm. uh, things that like, you know, you're not going to like it, but it's still going to have value. Right. Um, That piece, um, I don't know, have, have conversations have conversations like think about everybody you know and care about that might find it appealing i mean incidentally i've seen women's groups forming too on, under almost the same auspice i sat in a coffee a coffee shop a couple weeks ago and i was just eavesdropping because i'm a jerk on the people <laughs> at the table and they were literally putting together a group to get together and like problem solve how do i find a, a date how do i arrange childcare? What are, and it was like all moms. And I was like, awesome. 
Yeah. That's fantastic. I couldn't, you know. Yeah, whatever is needed, people can create it, you know, so that's a good, that's a good thing to know. I hope we haven't forgotten that. I feel like I went a good decade forgetting that we could get together in groups and talk about shit if we wanted to. Yeah. Friendship takes some maintenance and extra like extracurricular stuff like this takes like even more maintenance you run some groups right i do and sometimes i well put it this way i'm assessing which ones i want to be in charge of anymore there are things i want to continue to happen but i don't necessarily have to be the one to be at the head of it so it's i'm, I'm reassessing a lot of those things <laughs> But I've done a lot of organizing in the past, sure. Doesn't it suck when you're like the most excited person? You're like, hey, who wants to come to the thing? Hey, here's the date. And hey, come on out and like crickets. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's the, the organizer burnout kind of thing, which you have to figure out. That's probably another whole discussion. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think as long as it feels good and it feels powerful. And yeah, I think I think I do want to feel like people are giving back to you know or at least someone else is 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 being part of creating and cultivating it well i did it all myself and got totally burned out and then i remembered that i could ask for help from the people who were in the group mm -hmm. that is the thing that's if there's any parting message i think remember it's okay to ask for help and yeah, to reach out for guys to ask for help jim yeah. I'm I'm generalizing, but then it's a trope for a reason. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, well, we should wrap up. But I am very pleased to have had you on this show, and uh, thanks for talking with me, and thanks for listening. I know you've listened to us before too, and that's really Absolutely. awesome. I love the show.